Yeah, so my name is Andy, and um, I normally go to the site in Stonehaven, which uh, is coming up for seven years now. Isn't that amazing? There's been some amazing things happening in Stonehaven. But, you know, this is my first time to Inveruri. And um, I have to say, when I walked into this room, it was a real, you can really sense the presence of God here. And um, not only that, I think just a real feeling of togetherness, a real feeling of family, um, and a real sense of love. I think you've got something here that's quite precious and sweet, and I just want to praise God for that. Um, thank you, Father, for that. So, yeah, so as Jude was saying, um, Mar- God blessed me with a wonderful wife, Brenda, um, quite an incredible woman. We've been married for 34 years. We've got two grown-up children. They're not really children anymore, but um, and we've been blessed with a, a, a granddaughter, Ellie. I am um, an engineering manager with uh, a company in Aberdeen, and I've got two main hobbies. One's running, and the other one is supporting a local football team. There you go, Tom. So, yeah, so all of us are faced with countless choices every day. And some of them have got minimal consequences. You know, like when we go to Auntie Betty's, I hope you've had a chance with the bypass being open. You've had a venture down to Auntie Betty's in uh, St. Haven. So one of the decisions you have to make is if you go there for an ice cream, is it a tub or is it a cone? And you can see from uh, our granddaughter, she chose a cone. So some, some decisions are kind of minimal, but others are life-changing. And, you know, some of them, some, some of these decisions may might um, impact our lives today, but others may not affect us for years to come. But I think the important thing for us to remember is that we are a product of the choices we make. And um, there's a gentleman called Steve Ray, who's the chief executive of an organization called Step Change and Safety. And he's actually a Piper Alpha survivor. And he came to our company annual HSE conference and he put it this way, we're free to make choices, but we're not free from the consequences of the choices we make. And I thought that was, you know, it's really spot on and that applies to all of us. And I think the decisions that we make helps us, you know, helps to define us and who we are and how we're different from one another. And I just wanted to go through a little example that Brenda and I went through a few years ago. In fact, it was four years ago. The company that I worked for offered us a, a, a role in uh, Calgary, which is in Canada. And this was a promoted role. Um, so, you know, it was new, it had increased responsibilities. And it was a three-year expat assignment on married status. So what that means is basically to cover all your costs. You know, they would pay for our accommodation, a car, all our living expenses. And if you've been, I don't know if anyone here has been to Calgary, but the lifestyle out there is something else. You know, you've got Lake Louise, which is just, you know, like an hour's drive away is where they do all the skiing. You've got Banff, the Rocky Mountains, just a short drive away. You know, the scenery, the walking, the mountain biking opportunities are incredible. But, you know, I have to say it was a very attractive proposition. But being, you know, because it was such a big 
position, and me being an engineer, I wanted to make sure we were making the right choice. So I kind of got a, a spreadsheet type thing and sort of listed out all the pros and cons, as you do. So, you know, we listed on one side of the sheet all the advantages of going, the job, the lifestyle, the location. And then on the other side of the sheet, we listed out all the disadvantages of going, leaving behind family, leaving behind elderly and frail parents, and leaving behind this church. So it was a bit like creating a balance sheet. And I have to say, we did struggle with making a decision. You know, we, were, we felt like we were in a dilemma. We prayed, we sought wise counsel. And at one point, I thought, yep, we're heading off to Canada. But I just couldn't get a real sense of peace about it. So I brought it all before God again, asking for his guidance. And after a sleepless night, the decision was, no, Canada was not for us. And it was just followed by a real sense of peace. But, you know, most people would have just went for it because it was the most attractive option further in their career. However, we knew the choice we made was the choice God had intended for us. And I think the question I have for us this morning, because we're, we're, we've just, you've, We've just started this new series about the cost, the cost of following Jesus. And I'm going to focus in about the choice. Do I have a choice to follow him or not? What does that mean? So, you know, so the question I have for us is, what is the balance sheet of following Jesus? What are the pros and cons of following Jesus? You know, what is the cost versus, in a way, the benefits? So I say we're, this morning we're going to continue in this series, um, and it's going through the Gospel of Matthew, and it is about looking at the cost of following Jesus. And today we're going to read through Matthew chapter 10, and it's verses 16 to 20, and verses 26 to 39. And what, what this is about is Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples, and he's basically giving them the instructions just prior to this passage, the instruction to pr proclaim the, the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. To heal the sick, to raise the dead, drive out demons. But as they head off, he gives them this advice that we're just going to read through. And one thing, even though he's speaking to the 12 disciples, each of us, as followers of Jesus, need to listen to what Jesus is saying because it applies to us. Right, here we go. So it's, yeah. So I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes. Sorry, hold on. Does actually, does anybody need a Bible? Should really have started with that. Nope. Okay, right, sorry. So, therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. 
but it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring, bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds a life will lose it. And whoever loses a life for my sake will find it. Amen. So, yeah, quite uh, quite a tricky passage to uh, talk through today. And, um, you know, I remember when I looked at this, I thought, crikey, what am I going to say here? You know, God, you need to help me here. Um, and one of the, one of the, the um, things, for the folks that come up here and, and are speaking every week, we get um, coached from, uh, from James Juice. We, we know James, so I had a, a bit of a... I've had, like everybody else, has had a few uh, coaching sessions. But what James said is, what you need to do when you read through a passage like this is really take a step back and try and look at the kind of big picture. Try and get the wider perspective of what this passage is about. And this is, So that's what I did. And actually, that's really the kind of theme here is that Je- we need to do that. And Jesus has really given us... His perspective on what it is to be a follower of Him, and that's really what I'm going to go through this morning. So, my first point is, when we follow Jesus, expect tough stuff. You know, the thi- when I read through this, the thing I, that I really, the thing I like most about this passage is the honesty of Jesus. Here is Jesus fully explaining the cost of being one of his followers. You know, he's using strong language. It's clear, direct, and to the point. He wasn't moderating his language here. He wasn't talking around the issue or being selective in what he, the info he was providing. He wasn't sugarcoating. There was no sugarcoating being applied here. You know, so he was making it crystal clear what was, you know, so there could be no doubt, no ambiguity as to what was involved and what was expected. We would call this telling it warts and all. And I think in this passage, Jesus has given us a model of 
what to expect when we follow him. It will be like sheep amongst wolves. And it, it doesn't really take much imagination to know what's going to what what happens when sheep are amongst wolves. So he's given us a heads up, in a way it's a it's a warning of what's to come. Expect resistance, expect persecution, expect trials and tribulations. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say being a Christian is going to make our lives better, at least not in the short term. You know, Jesus tells us, if you look in Mark 8, chapter Mark 8, verse 34, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. You know, we've just been through the book of 2 Corinthians. Think about Paul and what, what, what he went through as a disciple of Jesus. Five times he received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned and he was shipwrecked three times. And then in Matthew, earlier in, this, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for their righteousness. And I don't think Jesus was saying, if, you're pers- if we're going to be persecuted, he's basically telling us that as Christians, attacks, persecution are inevitable. You know, I, I would even go further and say, suggest if us as Christians, if we never feel resistance, if we never feel face persecution because of our faith, we really should be commit, questioning our commitment to Jesus. You know, I kind of think of it of like being in a car in a way. You know, we can sit in a car, we can read the manual, we can do everything about the manual, we can turn the engine on, can rev up the engine, um, but you know we're not going anywhere. But um, so unless we actually engage the gear, release the clutch, get to the bike point, feel the resistance, we're not going anywhere. And I think it's it's much the same as being a Christian. Unless we feel resistance against our life of following Jesus, we're not really achieving anything for God's kingdom. You know, following Jesus is not something to be taken lightly or done on a whim. You know, Jesus is telling us it's going to come at a cost and at great personal cost. You know, it's going to impact our family. It's going to impact our friendships. You know, Jesus says he will turn a man against his father, a daughter against a mother. You know, that is tough stuff. But why is he actually doing this? Why is he telling us this? You know, why is he telling us that we're going to expect this tough stuff when we follow him? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's he's basically prepare, he's preparing us. You know, so you know, so that when we do experience resistance, we're not surprised. You know, what what better way to be prepared than to be told what to expect? Yeah, there's an old proverb that sums it up. Forewarned is forearmed. You know, have you ever gone into something with your eyes not fully open? You know, have you ever said this, said yes to something that without actually realizing the negative consequences? You know, wouldn't have it actually been better to have known all the facts 
and all the consequences before saying yes. So Jesus here is telling us to expect tough stuff from a follower. But, there's a big but here, thankfully. And my second point here is, he's telling us that when we follow him, to expect his presence. You know, as we go through this, as Jesus goes through this list, one thing that you'll see repeatedly is he keeps saying, do not worry, do not be afraid. Basically, he's saying for us not to fear, he's with us, or I am with you, is what he's saying. You know, and I think for us, we can take strength because knowing that Jesus is going to be with us as we go through difficulties, it kind of gives a different perspective on things, on what we're going through. It kind of helps us deal with it by standing back and looking at the bigger picture. In the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were, if you remember, they were thrown into the blazing furnace. But God didn't put out the fire. He put Jesus in there with them, and they came out unharmed. So it's not about God stopping all the things that are challenging or difficult. It's about who's there with you, walking alongside you, and that's Jesus. You know, we're going to be challenged about our faith. But Jesus, the good thing is, and Jesus is telling us in this passage, he gives us a voice to speak. You know, he says, be on your guard. You're going to get handed over to local councils, clogged. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how you say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. It's, it won't be you that's speaking. It's the spirit of your father speaking through you. And then further on in the Bible, in Acts chapter 3, if you remember, Peter and John were at the temple and they, they healed a man who was lame from birth in the name of Jesus. And not unsurprisingly, the, the guy actually got up and shouted and screamed ecstatically his praises to God. But the priests and the Sanhedrin, they weren't very happy about this. So they actually had Peter and John locked up in prison. And then the next day, they were brought for before the Sanhedrin. They're the local rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, and they were asked, challenged, by what power or name did they do this? And then it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke boldly and was able to speak directly to the heart of the man, matter, preaching Jesus. And it kind of goes on from there. But the Jewish rulers, they saw the courage in Peter and John, and they realized these guys were unschooled, ordinary men. They were shocked, basically, by what they saw, and it was all by the power of the Spirit. The Spirit was giving them the words to say, and Jesus is saying, that's the same for us, you know. Jesus will give us a voice. The other thing as well, you know, so he's, telling, he's warning us, isn't he? expect troubles but when you look through the bible it is full of you know assurance after assurance that jesus is with us and i've got a couple of examples here in isaiah 43 2 it says when you pass through the waters i will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not be set, will not set you ablaze. And then also in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You know, I think the biggest comfort for us is knowing that God has, has us and he holds us. He knows everything about us. You know, he tells us in this passage, we're of value and of worth to him. He's even numbered every hair on our head. You know, we're more, he talks about these sparrows, you know, that we're more value than the sparrows because he doesn't let the sparrows fall outside of his care. And I think that's something we, we, we should really take comfort and assurance from these words. So Jesus is saying, when you follow him, expect tough stuff. However, expect his presence. But how does his presence actually change the situation? Well, I often think of a guy called Richard Wormbrand and the joy he had with Jesus, Jesus' presence in dire circumstances. So Wormbrand was jailed um, for 14 years and it was in a former communist country. And this was because he wouldn't renounce his faith. See, and he was, he was tortured almost on a daily basis for his faith. And he wrote this, Alone in my cell, cold, hungry, and in rags, I danced for joy every night. Sometimes I was so filled with joy that I felt I would burst if I did not give it expression. Quite incredible. You know, I would recommend you actually read a new book called Tortured for Christ. It is a bit of a toe-curling experience reading through this book. But I think, you know, this statement showed Richard's, Richard Wormbrand's perspective of the situation he was facing. You know, throughout his own ordeal he was in Jesus presence and that gave him the strength he he required now I'm not saying that we're going to be tortured for our faith because let's face it in the west probably the only thing that's ever going to happen to us is that maybe our reputation might get slightly tarnished when we actually come out and say I'm a follower of Jesus it's we're not really likely to go through what uh, uh, Richard Wormbrand is, but the principle is the same. Um, so Jesus tells us the cost of following him is expect tough stuff to happen this, to us, but he's also saying we're not to worry because he will be with us. We have to expect his presence. And then the third thing that Jesus is telling us in this passage is by following him, we are to expect eternity. In verse 28, Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and soul and body in hell. I think Jesus has given us the true eternal perspective here. Nothing 
can happen here on earth that can affect our salvation. We should fear no man, but rather we should have a healthy reverence for God. You know, Jesus, he didn't come to make life easy for us. What he did promise, he promised us, is a safe landing. And I've just got a little illustration for you here, which I will go through. So, a few years ago, as a family, we went to Aludinas in Turkey for a summer holiday. Not sure if any of you have been there. But, you know, it's, it's well known for its beautiful blue lagoon, wide white beach. But it's also well known for paragliding. And it's apparently it's one of the best places in Europe for paragliding. There's um, a, a mountain called Babadag, which um, overlooks the bay. And uh, when you look up, all you can the sky is just full of uh, paragliders. And they just do various tricks and stuff. But they actually come down and land right on the beachfront. It's pretty um, amazing. And as a tourist, you can actually go up in tandem. If you're not up on your own, you wouldn't be able to do that. But So you just sit in front of the, of the pilot. If they do all the complicated stuff, you just basically sit there, uh, get strapped in, enjoy the flight and the amazing views. Well, that's a theory anyway. So we were there, Scott and Amy, they were really keen at having a go. You know, they were keen, but I wasn't quite so keen because I've got a fear of heights. And the thought of being up on a paraglider petrified me. But after a, a week of persistent asking, I relented and agreed to, to give it a go. So we got ourselves kitted out, we watched the safety brief, and we headed up the mountain in a rickety old minibus. What I didn't realize at the time, this is a 6,000 foot mountain you go up in a bus, that the road was known as the craziest road in Turkey. Um, it was very steep, twist, a lot of twists and turns, you know, and quite often there was like a she sheer drop at the side, and I was not comfortable with this at all. Um, you know, there was guys actually on the roof, on the roof rack, um, we were packed out. I just had the fear that we were actually going to go over the side and just kind of roll down the side, and that would be it. But, um, you know, so it wasn't a comfortable journey, and, you know, we hadn't even got anywhere near the top. And at the top, we had to run off the top of this mountain and hope the glider would take off. <laughs> so, thankfully, we did make it to the top safely, and we did make it off the mountain top in one piece. You know, the journey down, it was, it was scary, but also there was a real feeling of exhilaration. You know, the views were amazing. And we even managed a safe landing on the beachfront right where Brenda was waiting to meet us. And the point I'm trying to make here is this. You know, just like me going up that mountainside to paraglide, where I was not in control, I trusted the bus driver, I, trust, I trusted the glider would take off, and I trusted the paraglider would land safely on the beachfront. We need to do the same with Jesus. You know, the journey might be perilous, it might be hard, it might be difficult, but we need to put our trust in Jesus. He will take us to a safe landing.
So I think, you know, despite everything we're facing, we always look at the bigger picture, the bigger perspective. Now, going back to my original question I posed about the balance sheet of following Jesus. On the one side of the balance sheet, Jesus makes it very clear what we're, what to expect when we follow him, what the cost is, resistance and persecution. But on the other side of the balance sheet, he tells us we're not alone in all of this. Nothing that can happen will take our salvation from us. And, you know, as individuals, we all have a choice to make. Walk this life alone or choose to walk with Jesus. You know, Jesus says in this passage about taking up the cross. Now, you know, some of us think of our cross, we just think of it like, you know, it's something that's hanging around our neck. But at that time, the cross, it was... You know, it was a symbol of shame, suffering, and death. You know, so I think, you know, and often when we're facing difficult circumstances, some people say, well, I guess that's a cross I have to bear. You know, they're kind of talking about situations they have a choice. They wouldn't, something they wouldn't choose. You know, when we suffer from Sickness, illness, discouragement. It's it is a horrible dis, you know, misfortune, but it's not bearing a cross. You know, bearing a, our cross is a choice. And it's a, it's a voluntary sacrificial obedience that identifies us completely with Jesus. I'm almost there, so I've got a few little challenges for you here so just you know just to see as a follow-on from that is are you a committed or casual follower of Jesus you know I think committed followers are cross bearers this is what Jesus is telling us that's what he's saying that we need to do whereas casual followers seek an easier way you know committed followers seek holiness or as much as we can, we try. But casual followers seek happiness. And I think committed followers seek to please God in all they do, regardless of the cost. But casual followers just please themselves. So the choice is ours. Do we play it safe, stay comfortable, or do we choose the way of the cross? Where, we, where Jesus is telling us we're going to encounter persecution, difficulties. But in doing so, it's going to be a life in all its fullness. Jesus tells us that with his presence and with a certain hope of eternity. Let's stand.